great to see you all, and uh, I hope that you've been enjoying your, uh, I think it's uh, Veterans Day weekend, right? Veterans Day? Yeah. It's super hot out there, so maybe, I don't know if you guys got to go to the beach, probably your last opportunity to go to the beach. Um, we've kind of been in-house this whole weekend because we're, we're getting ready for the baby. I don't know if you've noticed, but my wife is about to really pop. Um, but you look beautiful. Um, so we, we've just been in the house getting stuff ready, moving stuff around. Um, something funny that I told my wife, uh, I think it was Friday, I said, uh, you know, I've kind of been noticing that as the baby's been moving in, I've been kind of moving out, like, <laughs> right? Like, like I wake up and I'm like, where is my stuff? And she's like, oh, it's in the hallway cabinet. Oh, oh okay. I'm like, where are my jeans? Oh, it's over there by the bathroom. I'm like, all right, okay, I, I see how things are going to go. But uh, super excited about it. Um, uh, I think he's, he's supposed to come next weekend. So you guys might not see us this next weekend, but yeah, thank the Lord. But uh, yeah, just moving on, I'm also glad that, you know, all the politics are kind of behind us and all the election stuff is behind us, um, and we can, you know, move forward and, and uh, just, you know, I'm not going to really talk about it, but whether, whether, you think, whether you think that you won or you lost in this election, um, I just want you to know that, that it's, it's, it's good, government is good and all of that, but it really, it's all about Jesus, you know. Sometimes we, um, we kind of, we want perfection from an imperfect world, you know. Uh, there's a various issues, and, and we think that every, for, you know, we all have things that are very important to us, you know, and it's all, it's all about your values, what you consider important. And different people have different things, different values and things and issues are very important. Um, and it's hard to get them all right, right? It's hard to get one person to get everything right. And, and I feel like sometimes what happens is the perfection that we seek, the justice that we seek and that righteousness that we seek in this world, it's kind of unfair. Because I feel like what we seek in the world, we're only going to find in Jesus. Amen? We're only going to find in God. You know, and I, and I think what happens is, sometimes, you know, I, I love road trips. And sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll be driving for a long time. And uh, what will happen is, depending where, you know, where we're driving, um, you know, there's, after a while, on your windshield, you get a bunch of bugs. You know, after a few hours, you get bugs everywhere on the windshield, you know. And, uh, and you kind of, sometimes, you know, you can clean them and sometimes you can't. Sometimes you, like, do the whole water thing and it just kind of even makes it worse, you know. And I feel like, depending on where you are in life, there's going to be some things that are going to be stuck in your vision. Like, it's going to be here, depending where you're traveling, depending where you are. It's going to be right in here because it's very important. It's where you are at the moment, you know. But what happens is that when you have these things that stick to your windshield, it's hard to see everything else, you know. And, and sometimes we just got to clean that thing off 
you know what I mean? And say, you know what? All the issues matter, right? How many of you know that, that maybe you don't care about healthcare until maybe you have a kid, right? How many of you know that maybe you don't care about uh, race issues until you experience them yourself, right? Maybe you don't care about economy un until you ha have a family, right? But so the thing is, like, depending on where you are in life, you might think this issue is more important than the other issues. But if you just, you know, what we got to do is just keep the, the, the focus on Jesus. The focus on Jesus, because we're expecting perfection from an imperfect world. It's not going to happen, you know? And so we got to keep our eyes on Jesus, because he's really what the world needs. See, Jesus is what the world needs. And, and the only way that they're going to get Jesus is either he comes or they get to meet Jesus through you and through me. So it's all about love. We got to love, but we also have to have integrity. Because love also includes integrity. God is not just love, but he's also righteousness, peace, and joy. You know? You know, some time ago, actually, I was thinking about this today. A year ago, I had a dream, and I think it was at the beginning of November. I had a dream, and I think I told you this, guys, uh, told you this already. I had a dream about the, the flag of the United States. My dream was just a flag. And on this flag, I saw writing, and it said, I will rebuild this country stone by stone. And I believe that dream. And I believe that's God saying, you know what? I'm going to rebuild this country. And it, it's not going to come through one person. It's not going to go through one party. But it's going to be by the hand of God. You know? And so whatever it is, whether the future looks hopeless or it looks full of hope for you, just know that Jesus is going to do it. Just, just put your hope in God. Just put your hope in Jesus because, you know, he's got plans and he's got purposes. And sometimes we don't understand that because our windshield is full of bugs. And all we got to do is just clean that thing off and say, no, God, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to look to you, God. I'm going to put my eyes on Jesus. Amen? So, you know, in this world, people always want a sign. People always want somebody to follow. We want somebody to follow. And I think it's important that people have signs. Because it gives us guidance, it gives us directions, and it gives us hope. And so today I'm going to talk to you about significance. And how we're supposed to become signs for the world. Amen? So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you, God, for this morning. I thank you for what you're doing today, and I thank you for what you're doing in our country, God. I thank you for what you're doing in our church. I thank you for what you're doing in our neighborhoods, God. I thank you for what you're doing in this generation and the one to come, Lord. Because it's not just about us, but it's about those that are going to come after us, Lord. And so we just pray for that right now, Father. We pray for this message. We pray for the messenger, God. And we just pray that, Lord, your Holy Spirit be here tonight. Father, in this place, and Lord, that this word would just sink in, Father, and do your work. In Jesus' name.
Amen. So like I was saying, our current world and humanity, they always want a sign. You know that when Jesus walked this earth, he was doing miracles and doing all these things, but people would ask for more signs. They would con like constantly ask for more signs because we always want signs. You know, because it, it's we forget, right? We forget. It's like I always think like, how did the, the people, in uh, the Israelites, when they went to the desert and they saw the, the tower of fire during the night and then the cloud during the day, how, does it, how is it possible that these people would then go and worship another god if they saw the hand of God right there? And, it, and the thing is, we're human. We forget. See, we forget what God did for us last week. We, we forget how God helped us out of something yesterday. And we always want God to show up today and give us a sign that we're still on track, right? It's like when you have signs on the road and, and, and it's like you're, you're, you're on, a, on a road trip or something. You're like, man, 350 miles away, right? And then the next mile, I'm 340 miles away, 330 miles away. Okay, that makes me feel good because that makes me feel like my progress, I'm advancing, that I'm, I'm in the process, right? And I feel like that's what, why we want signs, is because it, feels, it, it feel, makes us feel better about our process, that we're getting there, that we are making progress. Amen? So this world wants signs. This world is hungry for signs. They want somebody to follow. They, they want somebody that they can, they, they can get behind and say, yeah, like that person represents me. And the reality is that as a church, we haven't done what we have to do as a church to be a sign for God, to be a sign for what God stands for in truth and love and all of the goodness of God. Sometimes we're, we're justice, we're justice, and we're righteousness, we're righteousness, but where's the love? And sometimes we're all love, 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 but where's the integrity? Amen. You know, as we've seen in the past, men and women can become signs of hope, love, hatred, you know, finance, things like that. They also can become signs of immorality, racism, you know, all the things that we, you know, don't want to be part of. So I think it's important, of, it's important what we are as signs, who we are, and what are we, what's our significance and are we becoming signs for people? You know, I really believe that sign, when the Bible talks about signs and wonders, I feel like the Bible is saying like, you know, when Jesus made a sign, he made, he made people wonder like, wow, is this the son of God? Is this the Messiah that people talked about that was going to come? Is he the fulfillment of the prophecies? Because only... Only the Son of God can make these, these, these miracles. And so the question is, are we the kind of signs that are making people wonder and saying, oh, maybe there is a God. Maybe, maybe, our, maybe that God is loving. Maybe that God is acceptable. You know, he accepts everybody as they are. Maybe that God is forgiving, merciful. Maybe that God is a blessing, you know? You know, one day 
I was, um, I like w- taking walks with God. You know, I like taking walks with God, and I, I can't always, because there's always things to do, but I think it's important that you get one-on-one time with the Lord. And I like taking walks, and I'll go on, like, walks with the Lord, and sometimes it'll be two miles, sometimes it'll just be around the block. But this one day, this one morning, I had a long week, and I, I just wanted to go on a walk, and usually my walks start with just telling God everything that's wrong with my life. You know, just, just telling him everything and just getting it off my chest, and God, like, I don't know what's going on here, God, and that, and this, and then I feel good, and then somewhere along the line, God starts talking to me. And this morning, you know, I was just, my head was down, and I had, you know, I, I hadn't slept well the night before, and I had been dealing with anxiety the whole week, and I was just walking. I was walking very defeated, you know, and I, I got into this park, and I was walking through the park, and, and I, I just, you know, I felt the urge to lift up my face, and, and I, you know, and I lift up my, my face, and I look to, there was a trash bin, and right in the trash bin, there was a box that quite didn't make it into the trash. But on the, on the box, it said, prevail. And I looked at that, and I, and I said, God, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. You're seeing what I'm going through, but you're telling me, you got to keep going. you got to prevail over this thing. you got to be strong and courageous. Amen. See, signs have the power to produce hope. Signs have the power to produce love. Signs have the power to produce prosperity. If you see it, you might be able to produce it. See, you don't know how to be prosperous if you've never seen anybody that's prosperous. You don't know how to love if you've never seen love. You don't know how to give if you've never seen somebody else give. And so what I'm saying is, like, how are people going to learn how to give if we don't give? How are people going to learn how to love if we don't love? How are people going to learn how to forgive if we don't forgive? Amen? So we have to meet signs of God. You know, one night I I was trying to read before I went to bed. And it's always trying because it's like sometimes I get through maybe a paragraph and I'm already doing this thing right here, you know. It's really hard to read at night, but sometimes I use it to, as a sleeping tool. And um, I don't think I was reading the Bible, but I was reading a book. And I was reading the book, and then in, my, in, that, you know, in that area where you're like half asleep, half awake, sometimes it becomes a danger zone because weird things happen in that area. You're like half asleep and like hearing things. But anyways, when I was, I was uh, falling asleep, I heard the voice of the Lord. And I heard it, and I knew it was him when I heard it. And I heard him call my name. And he said, Carlos, just like that. But it was like this. Like I was almost asleep. But then I heard the voice. Carlos, and I woke up, and because I had read the stories about, you know, I think it's Jeremiah, and I said, yes, Lord, here I am, (laughs) 
but I was so sleepy that I went back to, you know, I went back to sleep and I was like, Lord, I don't know what that was, but yeah, here I am, Lord, half asleep. <laughs> and I always wondered, like, what does that mean? And I prayed about it and I asked the Lord about it. What does it mean, God? What, is, what did you mean by when you called my name? What does that mean? And I, I had no idea. And I prayed about it, no idea. Then, three, like two weeks ago, I was, we were at the gym. And I was sitting at the leg extension machine, you know, working out the legs. And I had my, my music on, and I was listening to this song called Lazarus. And as I was listening to this song, the song says, whisper my name so only I can hear. And right then, I realized that God was calling me out of my pit. That it, was, that it was God calling me out of my slumber into significance. See, God was saying, I'm going to call you out so that you can become a sign for others. So let's go to... I just want to go through this story with you really quick. It's not going to be long. I just want to share some thoughts with you. So let's go to uh, John 11. And you can say amen when you get there. And if you guys don't know the story, well, Lazarus is the man that Jesus rose from the dead after four days of being dead. And we're going to start in verse 1. I think it's going to be up on the screen. We're going to do a little bit of reading, but we'll get through it fast. Everybody there? Amen. All right, so it says, I'm reading the um, message version. So it says, a man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. This was the man... This was the same Mary who massaged the Lord's feet with oils and then wiped them with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Master, the one you love so very much is sick. When Jesus got the message, he said, The sickness is not fatal. It will become an occasion to show God's glory by glorifying God's Son. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, but oddly, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed on where he was for two more days. After the two days, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. It's funny, right? Like sometimes when you're going through things and you're going through your troubles and your struggles or whatever it is that you're going through, it seems, doesn't it seem sometimes like, like God doesn't care? Like, maybe God doesn't hear you. Or maybe he's not paying attention right at the moment. Or maybe he's, like, busy with somebody else, right? And sometimes we think, like, God, if, if you would only come, like, this wouldn't be happening. Right? But I think what we fail to see is that God has a plan. And he already knows about your situation. He already knows about your struggle. He already knows about your problem. But he's going to make something out of you. 
says, he heard that Lazarus was sick, but he stayed on there for two more days. You know, sometimes I had a conversation with a, a guy that had, had AIDS for 25 years. He was on the street. He was homeless. And he had AIDS, you know. And we had a conversation about God, and then we had a conversation about plans and purposes. And I said, like, he's saying, no, I, I believe that God has plans. And I'm like, well, I believe that God has purposes. I don't know if God has a plan, but I believe God has a purpose, and there's various ways to get you there. Because you might choose the wrong choice, but I believe that God has another way of getting you there if you choose the wrong choice. And he's like, no, I believe that God has a plan. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with you. And he's like, no, see, the thing is, God has a plan. You just don't know the plan because he doesn't give it to you. He just provides you a path. And it's up to you to walk on that path. And then as you walk in that path, God will reveal more of his plan. And I believe that is so true, that sometimes when we're going through our struggle and we're going through our problems or whatever it is, or going just through life in general, we think that God is not there and that somehow God has missed it, that he's missed his opportunity to show up in your life and say, like, God, why aren't you showing up? God, how come you're not changing these things? God, how come you're not helping me? But God knows exactly what he's doing. Amen? Amen? Let's read verse 8. They said, Rabbi, you can't do that. Because see, Jesus wanted to go back to Judea. And they wanted to kill him in Judea. The Pharisees. And his disciples are telling him, you can't go. You can't go back or they'll kill you. And then Jesus replied, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in daylight doesn't stumble because there's plenty of light from the sun. Walking at night, he might very well stumble because he can't see where he's going. <laughs> what an answer, right? It's like these disciples are telling him, Lord, you can't go back to Judea because they're going to kill you if you go back to Judea. And Jesus gives them this like story about daylight and sun and night. And they're probably walking like, what? I don't, what did he just say? Like, Thomas, do you get this? Like, what's this daylight? It's 10 o'clock right now. And I think, and I looked at this, and I was like, God, what are, you, what are you telling your people here? And I think what he's saying is he's describing our struggle sometimes. He's describing how if we are walking at night, we're, we're going to stumble. But if we walk in the daylight, and what's, his day, what's the daylight? What's the light? His word. Amen? The daylight is his word. If we walk in his word and we hold on to his promises and we hold on to what the word says, we're not going to stumble. But what's darkness? Darkness is when you don't know the truth. Darkness is when you're, work, when you're walking and you're just kind of winging it. I'm just taking what life gives to me. Whatever life brings my way, that's what I'm going to live. And I have no, nothing to hold on to, no promise. 
And you know we stumble when we walk that way. You know why? Because everything is full of fear. Oh, I'm sick, right? My mom's sick. Oh, God, where are you? I might stumble. My relationship with God might get broken because I have no idea of God's words towards me or my mom. And I might say, God, I don't, I, I don't love you anymore. Where are you, God? Why? Because I have no idea what this says about my situation. And so I think it just describes that if we walk in the truth and we walk in the day and we walk and we hold on to God's words and his promises, we're not going to stumble. And it doesn't matter what's happening, we're not going to stumble. Amen. Amen? You know, the word says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And you know, the things that happen in our lives, whatever the, the traps that the enemy puts on in, our, in our path or the, the troubles that we look for ourselves, those things have repercussions. They have, you know, things that they bring. Bad decisions and things like that. But nothing can separate us from the love of God. No high, no low, no trouble, no sickness. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And that's the whole point. The whole point is like the enemy just wants you to feel like, hey, God, you're not on my side. God, I'm going through all these things because God isn't on my side. There's sickness in my family because God isn't here. He doesn't care about me. There's no relationship. I pray all day, but he doesn't hear me. And the enemy wants you to believe that. The enemy wants you to believe that there is no God. And that God, if there is a God, he doesn't care about you. And he doesn't care about your life. He doesn't care about what you're going through or your hurt. But it's not true. God does care about what you're going through. God does care about what you're going through. But you need to hang on to the word. You need to hang on to the promise. Amen? It's up to us whether we stumble. It's up to us. It's your decision. See, things are going to happen. Troubles, they're going to come. Struggles, they're going to be present, right? But it's up to you whether you stumble. There's a truth, and then there's darkness. If you're lost in darkness, you're going to stumble. But if you hold on to the promises, you will not stumble. You will keep going. Amen? Let's read uh, verse 11. He said, these signs, and then announced, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Jesus is talking to his disciples before they go back. I'm going to wake him up. Then the disciples said, Master, if he's gone to sleep, he'll get good rest and wake up feeling fine. Jesus was talking about death while his disciples thought he was talking about taking naps. Then Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. See, Jesus had to, like, keep it real with them. He's like, no, Lazarus is dead. He's dead. He's not asleep. And he said, and I'm glad for your sake that I wasn't there. You're about to be given new grounds for believing. Now let's go to him. And then check out Thomas, right, Thomas? 
That's in Thomas, the one called the twin, said to his companions, come along. We might as well die with him. <laughs> you know, it's funny, right? Like sometimes I think Thomas is, uh, I think the disciples have a place in all our lives. <laughs> disciples are like seasons in our lives, you know? And it's funny how, like, when things aren't going right, we get, a li- we get our Thomas on, right? We get our pessimist in. Oh, yeah, God, you know, things aren't going right. One bad report after the other. There's no hope. One bad thing after the other. One ticket after the other. There's no hope. But God is saying, no, there is a hope. See, you don't know what I'm about to do. God is saying, no, you see, you don't know what I'm about to do. You don't know my plans. You think that I'm worried about getting killed in Bethany? No, I'm actually going over there because I'm about to resurrect somebody. And I'm going to about to make him a sign for eternity. See, you think that you're dealing with a problem. But God is dealing with you. And he's about to raise you up and make you a sign. See, your problem isn't meant for death. Your issues aren't meant for you to die. There is a promise after the problem. Amen? There's a promise after the problem. So Jesus returns to Bethany. And so in verse 21, it says, Martha comes running to him. He says, Master, if you've been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask God, he will give you. Jesus said, your brother will be raised up. Martha replied, I know that he'll be raised up in the resurrection at the end of time. And then Jesus responds, you don't have to wait for the end. I am right now resurrection and life. Sometimes we feel like we have to wait till the end, right? And God is present now. God is saying, I'm here now. I am, you know, solution to your problem. I am the resurrection that you need. I am the the solution that your problem needs. And we think like, oh, you know what, God? I'm just going to make it through this season, make it through life. And then at the end, when I'm saying bye to everybody, I'm going to see the heavens open, and I'll come into heaven, and everything will be fine then. Well, let me just make it through life. Well, I got news for you. God doesn't just want you to make it through life. God has plans for you. You ain't supposed to, like, drag your tail and your foot through life. He didn't give you life for that. He didn't raise you from the dead for that. So you, got, you don't have to wait till the end. See, God's promises isn't the tunnel at the end of life. It's not the light at the end of the tunnel. God's promises are here today. Amen. So I don't know if you feel like you're dying. Maybe you do feel like you're dying. Maybe there's some areas in your life that you feel like are, are dead. 
There may be some things, some dreams that you had one day, and maybe they're dead now. Or some promises that God gave you, and maybe they didn't come to fruition, and now they're in the closet somewhere. But God is saying, I'm the resurrection power right now. I'm here in front of you. It's for right now. It's not for the in that day or in the day after that day. See, our lives, sometimes we think that our lives are just here until we're, de we're dead. Do you know what a legacy is? A legacy is something that you will be remembered by when you're gone. And sometimes we think that our lives are about our own and that they don't stand for something else. But you know what? When you see someone fight cancer for 16 years and you see their strength and how every day they get up hopeful in God and they get up hoping in the promises and saying, God, I know that you're going to heal me at any moment. I know, God, that you're going to come and you're going to heal me. You know what that does to the people around that person? It builds strength. It builds hope. And, and then that person might not win their fight with cancer. But what she did what she was a sign of in her life, nobody could ever take. The love and the strength and the hope that that person taught everybody else around them, nobody can take. Cancer can take that. Death can't take that. Our lives are more, about, are more than just what we're going through. Our lives are more greater than what we think is just us. Jesus died, and he died for everyone. If he was thinking only about himself, he wouldn't have died. But he knew that he stood for something greater, bigger than himself. Amen? So then Mary comes, and Mary says, After saying this, she went to her sister, Mary, and whispered in, the, in, the, in her ear, the teacher is here and, in, and is asking for you. The moment she heard that, she jumped up and ran out to him. Jesus had not yet entered the town, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When her sympathizing Jewish friends saw Mary run off, they followed her, thinking she was on her way to the tomb to weep there. Mary came where Jesus was waiting and fell at his feet, saying, Master, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her sobbing and the Jews with her, with her sobbing, a deep anger welled up within him. And he said, where did, you, where did you put him? And they said, Master, come and see. And then says, and Jesus wept. See, sometimes we think that Jesus isn't compassionate, that he isn't, going through our situation with us. We think that we're on this journey all up by ourselves, and at some point, Jesus is going to come in into the picture and save us. But that's not the fact. The fact is that he's always around. That he goes through 
it with you. That you and Jesus are going to get through this, whatever you're going through. That in every season of your life, Jesus is walking with you. And that he's very compassionate. That he does care about what you're going through. He does care about your hurt. And the issues that matter to you matter to him. Verse 28 says, the Jews said, look how deeply he loved him. And others among them said, well, if he loved him so much, why didn't he do something to keep him from dying? After all, he opened the eyes of the blind. See, that's the, that's the voice of the enemy. That's the voice of the enemy that says, like, like I've seen other people healed. Why isn't he healing my loved one? I see other people prosper. Why aren't I prospering? I see other people having a good life. Why aren't, why am I not having a good life? You know? And I think that's, that's just the enemy that wants you to compare yourself to somebody else. See, when Jesus healed the blind man, he healed them so that he could see so that the blind man could see. When Jesus resurrected Lazarus, he resurrected Lazarus so other people could see who Jesus was and the power of Jesus. See, he made Lazarus a sign. He didn't just heal him, he made him a sign that made people wonder and believe. Amen? See, God's Purposes and plans are greater than what we think our plans and purposes are. We think that all we're praying for is a healing. We think that all we need is a healing or money or houses and cars or whatever it is. But God has greater plans. See, God has bigger purposes for your life, bigger plans for you. You might be thinking about the car in the house. He's thinking about your future what you're going to do after that, the people that you're going to help after that. And so it's just about aligning ourselves with God's heart. Verse 38 says, Then Jesus, again welling up within him, arrived at the tomb. And it was a simple cave in the hillside with a slab of stone laid against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. The sister of the dead man, Martha, Master, by this time there's a stench. He's been dead for four days. Jesus looked her in the eye and said, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And see, Martha's like, Lord, he's already dead. He's already stinking. Like, he's been dead for four days. There's no use going up to the tomb. Just leave it closed. And I feel like that sometimes we feel like that, right? Sometimes there's things in our lives that we're like, man, it's already in the tomb. There's a stone over it, and that thing stinks. And we're like, God, there's, no even, there's not even use for you to go over there. Let's just forget about that thing. And God says, no, I got grace for that thing. I got resurrection power for that thing, right? And what the enemy tried to do for evil, I'm going to turn it for good. And I'm going to hold you up like a banner 
and I'm going to put you up so others can see. So others can see like the snake in the desert when Moses put up on a stick so that others could see if you keep your eyes on the victory, God will see you through. So I'm asking you, what are the dreams, what are the promises that God has made you? Or the hopes that maybe you've had one day and that maybe you've put in a pit somewhere and they're just rotting there. And I'm asking you, what, what can God do? Do you believe that God can come to that pit and call that thing out of there? Verse 43 says, then he shouted, Lazarus, come out. And he came out, wrapped from the head to the toe, with the blanket over his face. And Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him loose. See, Jesus was not just resurrecting Lazarus. He was unwrapping a sign for everyone, for the world to see. See, Lazarus was about to become a sign for Christ. You know that that, that was the last straw for the Pharisees? That then when they saw the Jews, when they saw Jesus raise up Lazarus, they decided, no, we gotta kill this guy now. We gotta kill Jesus now. Because what he's doing, no, no, that's for real. And all our power, all our authority, it's gonna be gone if people start seeing what he's doing. So we gotta get rid of Jesus. We gotta kill him. See, because that's exactly what Jesus died for. He came to a world, and he died for a world so that he could res resurrect other people and make them signs so that other people could wonder and believe in him. You know that it was so bad that they also wanted to kill Lazarus. They said they plotted to kill Lazarus. Why? because they didn't want him as a sign. They knew the importance of Lazarus. If Lazarus lived, that meant that Jesus lived. If you lived, that means that Jesus lives. Amen. So my question is, are we living in a way where we're signs for Christ? That when people see us, does, does it make them wonder and want to believe in Christ? Or is it just they don't see anything. Because they're supposed to wonder. And they're supposed to wonder what's going on here. Because I, I want some of that. I want to believe. And so that, that looks like something. That's not just words. Love looks like something. Right? Prosperity, it looks like something. Forgiveness, it looks like something. Grace, it looks like something. It's not just words. It's living, walking, breathing. God resurrects us into significance. You know, last week, we kind of had, we got some bad news. As some of you know, uh, we've kind of been in a battle against cancer for the last 15 years with my mom. And last week, we got, uh, we got some bad news, a bad doctor's report. And it was tough, because we're talking about, you know, maybe time. 
time left. And anybody can get discouraged. Anybody can say, like, you know, God, where were you? We've been praying for 15 years. Where were you? We've been hoping for 15 years. Where were you? Other people, I've seen other people healed. Why not my mom? Right? I prayed for other people, and other people have been healed. Why not my mom? But as I heard my mom talking, because as a family, we came together and we discussed our options. And as I heard my mom talking, she said, you know, I love God. I believe God. I know he's going to come. And she said, whether he comes or not, I believe and I love. And I was sitting there, dude, kind of dying inside. And I thought, that's love. That's love. Want to know what love is? That's love. Like, no matter if he comes or not, I'm going to love him. You know? And it's funny how, like, sometimes we can't love each other just because we, like, we disagree, right? Like, people disagree on views and whatever it is and issues, and we can't love each other. Love is stronger than any issue. Love is stronger than any problem. So are we being that sign? And the thing is, whether my mom lives or dies, her strength, her love, her courage will always live here. So why don't we get up and we'll pray out. I heard the Lord call my name. Now I understand that he was calling my name so that I would wake up, so that I could become a sign. I pray that God would also call you out so that you could become a sign, a sign that would people see you and know you. And when you touch people, because you're, you are supposed to, you know, have relationships with people that you would become a sign to them. Thank you. And that they might wonder about the God that you have. And that they might stand in awe and say, God, you're so good. Or say, man, you must be good because this person loves you. Through everything, this person loves you. So why don't you just lift up your hands and just say, Lord, that you would call me into significance, that you would do more than just heal, that you would do more than just provide, that you would do more than just the basic needs of my life, but that you would actually call me into significance, that I could be the change that I so hunger for, 
that I could be the change and the difference that this world is hungering for. Lord, we just pray, God. Lord, we just pray for your goodness, God. We pray for your goodness, God, that you make and do everything that you have willed to do in each one of us, God, over your people, God, over your children, Lord, that you will everything, God, that you look into the deepest of their hearts, Lord, and make their dreams come alive, Lord. Make your dreams, the dreams that you have for them, God, come alive, Lord. Yes, Father, that each one of them in whatever area that they're in, God, that they become a sign of your goodness, that they become a sign of your love, God, that they become a sign of how great you are, Lord, right now, God, no matter where they are, no matter where they find themselves, Lord God, you have love for them. You have grace for them, Lord. You have, for, you have grace and love for the people around them, Jesus. God, right now, Father God, there is no pit too, too deep, God. Your love lifts us up from there, Lord. It is your goodness, Lord. And I just pray, Father, for life. I pray for resurrection power right now, Lord. I pray for healing, God. Right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for healing, Lord. I pray for healing in the body, in the mind, God, in the spirit, in the soul, Lord. Yes, Father, in finances, Lord Jesus. Yeah, I know that you can do it, God. I know that you can do it. I know that you're faithful. I know that you're faithful, God. I know that you're faithful, God. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.